0: Mr. Yes, Pop,
1: <laughs>
0: Dark. When the
2: nasty, and I listen to them in the whole wide world. The end, in
1: the Hello everybody and welcome to Miskatonic University Radio, the podcast and live stream exploring fantasy boy games is Arkham Horror, of the Card Game. I'm your resident snakeman, Dane. I am I'm human boy, Dan. <laughs> I am also human, Ben. <laughs> and today, listeners, we're coming at you with another very personal subject. You know us, and I best not be coy about it. We have a love-hate relationship with the Forgotten Age. And I think by that mean, <laughs> I more mean that Dan and Ben mostly don't like it, and I either love it or loathe it, depending on how my morning goes. Whoa. Yeah,
0: you kind of you kind of jump back and forth every few months is my is my experience.
1: <laughs> it yeah. really depends on the day. Today I woke up and I felt particularly snakey. So yeah, you I, just I'm felt you just felt snake snake like you know. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I felt like taking arrows to the you face. You felt
0: you know, felt like, like unhinging your jaw and eating an entire like mouse, just swallowing yeah, yeah. it whole. And then you're like, ooh, it's time to play Forgotten for Age right after I finish eating this mouse. <laughs> I mean, spoilers uh, beyond the,
2: the spoilers for this entire campaign that we'll go into, but uh, I actually kind of like the Lafarge Age now.
0: So, <laughs> love that. Do you guys, do you guys dislike anything?
1: I, I dislike the <laughs> Circle Is there anything you guys don't to think is great? The Circle Undone. I will never like that. That is one thing I will absolutely Wait, never you like. You don't like the Circle Undone? I don't like the prologue to the Circle Oh, the prologue. Undone. Yeah, that's fair.
2: That's fair. <laughs>
0: I think I'd probably play the prologue to the circle undone nine times rather than play forgotten age ones, but just out, (laughs) just out of spite, not because it actually makes sense to do that. Just, (laughs) just purely, purely for spiteful purposes.
1: And for those who are listening, by the way, on podcast format, I am, I'm decked out in a snake onesie,
2: but the, the I don't know if they needed that visual. I don't know if that was key to their
0: listening (laughs) Well, now it's there
1: implanted in their brains, just like the rest of the forgotten age cycle it definitely provides
0: some context.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're going to confront some specific questions we design to inspire your recountings and tales from this incredible campaign. Remember to like, and subscribe or let a write a belligerent, barely decipherable comment to Dan when he says something outrageous.
0: Yeah, definitely do that, <laughs> but make it very crude.
2: <laughs> Anyways, those are the only comments we're accepting. I guess I
0: don't yes. know. Yeah, if you have a if you have a nice polite comment, go uh, post it on the mythos Busters or something. Only give us the trash. <laughs> that's that's what we want.
1: That's what will fuel our forgotten age discussion. Oh boy. Um. All
0: right, so what are the what are the what are the topics that we're
2: discussing here about Forgotten Age? Uh so we got a series of topics as mentioned, uh spoilers for everything Forgotten Age return to related. No, that's probably Good call. Good call. Brief brief touch on other very big campaigns right as well. Oh boy, yeah, that's a whole Facebook is so weird. Alright. <laughs> um so let's start off on a positive note. What's the best scenario in the Forgotten Age? Dan,
0: what's your pick? Uh I mean I it's really between um Threads of Fate and Depths of the Oath, right? Or at least those are the two that we initially liked when we were first talking about it. I guess you guys probably like like all of them now or most of them or something. I don't know. <laughs>
1: I mean, if you if you'd recall, uh, threads of fate actually almost—I mean, not almost—but it, it got oh, yeah. pretty far up on our uh, best scenarios of all time, uh, which was around the time of Dream Meters, right-ish. It was like a little bit after Dream Meters, um, but yeah, it, it got pretty far. So for me, it's definitely um, threads of fate. I do like City of Archives, although I feel like that should definitely be its own standalone and not actually inside of the the, the Circle unknown or not the circle and done. Where am I? <laughs> Hi, I'm in the Forgotten Age. Uh yeah, I like I like Threads of Fate I think the most. End up. Yeah, here. no, I, I I could definitely see
0: some people picking City of Archives. That is a really creative and interesting one. I'm not a huge fan of it, but it is it is good and I respect it. Yeah, for me I think it would be Depths of Yoth. Honestly, Threads of Fate, there's one encounter card in Threads of Fate that's really annoying that we'll, we'll probably talk about later. But uh Depths of Yoth is just solid all the way around. Yeah, I think <clears throat> I like threats of fate. I think I
2: like uh, basic threats of fate more than return to threats of fate, which uh, I think maybe overdoes also overdoes the gimmick a little bit. But uh, yeah, depth south is pretty good. Um, I thought you hated city of our for some reason, Dan. Is that not true. I, mean, I'm, tr- I
0: mean, I'm I'm being polite. I basically hate it, but I do. I mean, I <laughs> I, I mean, I, I hate playing it, but I respect it, and I think it's a cool scenario. I just don't actually ever want to play it. Is it because it I,
1: deletes Sophie or something? Doesn't it do that or no?
0: uh it probably does i don't know i
1: mean it makes everyone kind of
2: it makes everyone kind of the same and you don't get to play your deck as much but i think it's like a
0: an interesting twist in like a 10 scenario campaign or whatever (laughs) it's definitely neat it's just like you're right at the end of the campaign it's the third it's the third to last scenario it's usually right when your deck is like close to fully upgraded and it's really chugging along and all of a sudden it's like here you go play as this uh squid alien that can't do anything (laughs) It's it, it's neat, though. Uh, one thing, uh, I, I mean, I, we might talk about this later when we talk about the changes for Return to, but the Return to City of Archives makes the map, like, huge because it was already a huge yeah. map, and it just adds an even bigger chunk. It's, like, one of the biggest maps, and it, honestly, that's kind of a bummer. It's just so it, big.
2: It makes it bigger and adds more objectives, but you don't actually need to get all the... Getting extra objectives doesn't do anything for, for you other than giving you an, a critical achievement, um, which has no value, so you have to always try to do that. <laughs>
0: Um <laughs> yeah, uh, that is true. Yeah. It's criticality
1: uh, is one of no value.
0: Uh, I I mean I noticed looking at what you've got here on the slide, which people just listening to the podcast can't see, uh one of the things you've got on here is shattered Aeons. Does anybody want to make a kind of contrarian choice that shattered Aeons is the best scenario? I nope. <laughs> i mean because i mean I, I, I do think it's i do think it's good it's a good scene yeah. like, it's, it's clearly good. i mean nobody nobody here is going to make an argument for like boundary beyond or heart of the elders or something so it's yeah. like you know i, I think Shadow ions is like a solid ending um
2: it has like kind of two distinct phases where you're like first exploring like the regular uh exponential places and then you go into like the uh a crazy time warp zone um
0: and you get to go to are locations you- and stuff are all pretty cool i love the locations i love the like future apocalyptic new york which is a fun little yeah, tie-in yeah. with the theme of the campaign because snake pliskin right so it's it's all about snakes
1: <laughs> and also yeah. i mean captain farnese and chad you, you do get to kill alejandro that is the point where you <laughs> I mean, finally get
2: to that do it's so. true so yeah that is,
1: that is definitely a point for Shadowlands.
2: So. I, I do like that there's like uh yeah, you have the depending which path you took, uh, the, you know, you can have different, different boss enemies show up and stuff. And I like that it's a callback to like Arkham Second Edition, where you're like trying to seal the gates or whatever, and it's done in like a different way uh also very fun that you get to like uh you can like totally change sides at the last second like side with the person you've been against and be like yeah snakes aren't that bad or whatever
0: (laughs) um i I guess it 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 sounds like overall where most of us are kind of in the like threads of fate or depths of yath kind of area when it comes to the best one yeah um all right so (laughs) um so I wanted to think
2: about kind of the encounter cards at first, and enemies. And I first want to talk about ones that we like, uh, ones that kind of bring out the feel of the jungle in like a fun way. Um, I we didn't talk about this at the time. I threw Final Mistake on here. I like it just because I like saying Final Mistake whenever it comes out, and I like the theme of it a lot, where it's like, oh, you got you got <laughs> killed by a booby trap or whatever, um, <laughs> if, if it finishes you off. So. That's what I always like. I don't know any any ones that you guys uh, remember fondly of, like uh, it's interesting or challenging in a fun way.
0: There's a um, there's a lot of good ones. I guess are we including enemies in this, or are we just talking about treacherous? Uh, yeah, we can do enemies too. I like the the three snake enemies where you have to kind of wait for them to all come out and then all kill them at once in Return too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Those... The
1: snakes. They they would like go into the victory display as zero. And yeah, then like you engage with one, one, a new one, all of the rest jump out from the victory display.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: another one that I kind of want to call out a little bit I, I mean, there's, there's, I, I would say overall the the encounter cards, both treacheries and enemies in Forgotten Age, are very punishing compared to other campaigns. Um, yeah. Even, even the ones that seem kind of normal, we'll, we'll talk about these later when, I guess maybe when we're getting into like what are the scariest ones, but even something like, uh, you know nobody's home it's just like oh it's just a nice lady knocking on a door but when you actually draw that on a place that has a bunch of clues you just want to quit the game because it's just it's <laughs> it's so horrible that's the yeah. one that makes it so every time you investigate it takes an extra action on on that location yeah um, but but no the the one i was going to say i kind of uh, like or at least think is funny is uh do you guys remember low on supplies which is the peril where you have to pick oh, yeah, their, yeah. like it's like everyone loses two everyone takes a damage or everyone discards an asset and normally For a while, when we play the campaign, the right pick is usually everyone loses two resources. And it feels lame. It's like, oh, man, we're all losing two resources, but whatever. At least the other options are worse. But now, after playing Innsmouth, where there's a similar card where the cost is three resources, losing two doesn't seem so bad. (laughs) So it's kind of funny how our perceptions about this kind of thing could change.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think some of my favorites are probably... uh, (laughs) One of them is just called Ant's Exclamation Point. (laughs) <laughs> and it's just got this picture of a guy, like, running, and there's just ants all over him, <laughs> and it's pretty great. Um, I think you, really? like, discard random cards from your hand, which is absolutely awful. But I
0: really should have called it ants in your pants, but I, I suspect <laughs> I couldn't do that because of trademark issues or something.
1: <laughs> I also, like, um, what's the one where you get buried, and uh, you have to do, like, a agility or combat test to get out? It's like combat or agility 4, and then every time you do it, it gets a little easier? to dig
0: yourself out entombed yeah
1: yeah yeah i like that one a lot um in terms of like the indiana jones feel of the second scenario um where where doom awaits is yeah i like uh uh,
0: not so much the mechanics but i like some of the kind of time themed ones from boundary beyond like window to another time and uh lost in there's one that's like lost in the time vortex or something um (laughs) just cool art and kind of cool, cool yeah yeah cool cool theme even though most of them are very miserable to draw it's it's like it has good vibes it's kind of interesting
1: yeah see i was i was kind of thinking about i think that maybe i don't like the time as much as i like the jungle stuff like the poison stuff um and i think comment made a good good point in chat there um he said it was very experimental uh like a band's first concept album sort of and i feel like there are two distinct feelings of the forgotten age where you have something like uh lost in the wilds which was a treachery that uh like just sapped actions from you and uh oh no it it uh you take horror and then you cannot move or explore until the end of the turn and it's like that just feels really bad versus something like poisonous spores where you get like this treachery that lays on your area and then if if you're there by the end of the turn uh it will deal 2 horror to you and then poison you i feel like there's just like two very different distinct themes, which one is like all about time travel, losing actions and doing horrible things to you. And the other one is like poisoning you and doing horrible things to your body. Um, like Serpent's Call specifically was one that was god awful to deal with because it was either you, you draw the top two cards of the encounter deck or you get poisoned. <laughs> so. Yeah. But. The
0: lost in the wilds is the one where you it's a will test and if you fail you take a bunch of horror and you can't can't move until you get rid of it or explore that one that one like single-handedly makes this not a fun Finn campaign is my experience (laughs) because otherwise it would be otherwise you'd be pretty happy as Finn in Forgotten Age but that card just nope no it's not good
1: there's also Call of the Jungle too which is a will test that stays in your treachery area or your uh, threat area for a very long time and it's like unless you explore every turn you take a horror or something like that yeah which adds up
2: so it sounds like we're more talking about cards that are, are particularly brutal <laughs> than once i mean they, they break up the theme of, of the of jungle them. i guess but some some yeah. of them sting a lot Um uh... Yeah, Arrows for the Trees is the one that I always remember as uh, the first playthrough. is like, oh, cool, because cause then we were we were playing like all like two ally decks plus at that point. It was like, oh, cool, i take three or three, four damage. I mean, that was um, yes. like,
0: the worst case scenario for that is like, you're Daisy with Dr. Milan or something. And it's like, oh, God, this is not good. I remember uh,
1: the first time we flipped that card over when we were playing The Forgotten Age, and Dan was just like, Really? <laughs> this is just too damage. <laughs> well,
0: but it does it it, it does kind of emphasize one of the things that we complained about with Forgotten Age. And it, it, so obviously, it's punishing. You know, Yo, you're in the jungle. It's trying to make you feel miserable, but it's doing that in a way where often you don't have much of a way to interact with it because you don't even get to do a test. Yeah. So that that is something okay. that remains to me kind of frustrating about some of these cards. Uh, I'd also like to mention a card called Deep Dark, which is a card that oh, goes God. next to the agenda, and that was you... so brutal. I, it's you always have to read it. It's one of those where you have to read it every time because it's complicated. But each you can only get one clue per investigator per location per turn while it's out and only one copy of deep dark goes away per turn so if you draw two in the same round it takes two turns basically to turn it off
2: yeah it Um, it shuts
0: down your clue getting hard uh (laughs) it's it's kind of an interesting i don't totally hate it it's kind of an interesting card because it makes you play around it and be it but it's just sometimes it can come out and you don't even care at all because you're busy fighting stuff and you don't have time to get clues anyway and other times it can just absolutely like grind your momentum to a halt
1: yeah yeah definitely
2: uh there's that serpent's call card that's just like become poisoned or draw two war encounter cards <laughs> <laughs> it has some good it's art it. Yeah. It has like a really big
0: stake <laughs> waving its hands around with a bunch of little stakes
2: like, like oh great yeah. <laughs> um, but
0: does anybody on a question every time i played forgotten age every every person in the group is pretty much on board with you avoid being poisoned at all costs you always draw the two encounter cards you always let snakebite kill your ally that you just played for like six resources you do anything to avoid becoming poisoned is that yeah. has anyone ever just said like oh i don't care about being poisoned i'm going on like a poisoned run in in this campaign uh i had one or two <laughs> friends
2: i had a friend that was playing calvin that let themselves get poisoned for a little while just to get that extra trauma um but uh <laughs> Yeah, it sounds right. For, for the most part, it's like it's really bad because a lot of scenarios, like once you're poisoned, like, oh the squid is now an auto fail. Um or you take consistent damage from that um creeping poison card or whatever. So I was gonna say creeping
1: poison is always in there.
0: Especially in four player, every time you go through the deck, it's basically two damage just from those cards. And yeah. in four player you're going through a couple of times at least. I
1: mean, um I,
0: on top of that there's just random locations that are like when you enter this location, if you're poisoned, giant snake jumps on you, and then the snake says... If you're engaged with the snake and you're poisoned, congratulations, you can't do anything and you're going to die. It, there's just... Yeah. It, it,
2: yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, <laughs> the campaign does a good job of uh, making you not want to be poisoned and have it be like a real threat. Um, yeah. and I think I think most of the ways you can become poisoned, you can avoid. There might be one or two enemies. Yeah. I don't quite remember. Um, there's
0: There's a couple of very annoying ones where it can be kind of out of nowhere and you can't do much about it. But yeah, for the most part, that at least you get to do a
1: test or do something to avoid it. Yeah. I feel like, conceptually, Arrows from the Trees was one of my most hated ones, too. But I also think that because at that time, MJ was, like, staring at the 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 Arkham statistics and was like, man, all these decks have st- charisma in them, and they're all just wrecking all of my scenarios. How am I going to deal with this? Just make Arrows in the Trees. <laughs> and then nobody's going to want to play charisma.
0: I think, uh to, to try to sum it up a little, because we have been talking about Forgotten Age encounter cards a little bit, but I... In an average sort of campaign, usually the encounter deck most of the time has, like, there's a fair number of cards in it that are, like, test will three, and if you fail, something kind of bad but not that bad happens to you. Like, there's there are usually very bad encounter cards, but there's a distribution where on one end you have things that don't really you don't care much about, and on the other end you have things that are pretty bad. Forgotten Age, there's very few encounter cards I think that you can just ignore. Most of them either really make you miserable or annoyingly like you have to do at least something to kind of worry about them um, which is not necessarily a bad thing it gives the campaign a different feel but like I think you definitely notice that when you play it
1: yeah yeah for sure
2: alright I was trying to remember if we t- there were any return to cards that were particularly nasty or good um, oh, the, I think all of them were really bad <laughs> um, um, this is a brotherhood acolyte they're like very interesting to play around that like when they first come out, they don't do anything. But when more come out, they can spawn on the cultists and do uh... right. um, everywhere.
0: Do you guys remember the three different the house and three different timelines mm-hmm. card from Return Two? There's an encounter card that's like discard five cards from your deck.
1: Emerging oh, timelines. Yeah, yeah.
0: I that that one's just a real like you have to read it for a while and squint because it's kind of complicated. It's not actually that terrible, but it's interesting
1: yeah, yeah oh, it's I like, like if d- you discard any copies you lose an action and discard that copy of the card that that was milled from your deck essentially
2: yeah i like the uh Tyndalos alpha it's like the dog that pops out but if you evade it it just like poofs away uh after after the enemy phase basically after it hits
1: you you can just yeah. move with it on you and it'll smack you once and that'll oh, you... yeah
2: i don't know i oh. i like it when there's enemies that you have alternative there's like uh a little bit of a choice between like, do I want to kill it or do I want to evade it? One previously before, before this campaign, it was kind of like, okay, I should just kill it. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't much yeah. of a process. Uh, so yeah. I did like that.
0: Um, and uh, one last thing to mention, one last encounter card, Conspiracy of Blood, the uh, encounter card that's kind of like an Ancient Evils because it attaches to the agenda and reduces the doom threshold by one. Um, I kind of, I it is, it's a very difficult encounter card but i kind of like it because it was one of the first times that they did these the like alternate ancient evils that you can interact with in some way card mm, which has yeah, kind of yeah, become yeah. staple in later campaigns and return to so i think it's kind of neat that this is when they started doing that
1: yeah 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 i think one of my favorite cards in the forgotten age now that i'm thinking about it is uh that one snake that has snake more snakes in a bag and he's just like aloof for the whole time and he really just wants to show you his snakes in a bag uh, Serpent Guardian.
2: What? Oh, he, yeah, he—he he, like he, he just splish, has a bag of shroud higher
1: or something, right? <laughs> and he's a snake. He just wants to show you his children, I guess. I don't know. But other people in the chat sounding off—they have uh, like Lost Humanity from City of Archives, which is also one that can drive you insane. And then um,
0: Window to Another have... Time
1: is the only ancient evils that is also probably worse than actual ancient evils. <laughs> Maybe not, uh... but just about as bad.
2: Yeah. It's pretty bad. So, uh I wanted to talk a little bit more about maybe the story of it and how the uh chaos bag um works in this campaign versus other campaigns and I kind of think the forgotten age I'm talking like um how the the various spooky tokens get added or removed from the campaign because each campaign they I think they try really hard to make it different. Um yeah. So in this one, my, I guess my question to you guys is do you guys think the Varnage
1: does it the best at all of them. Um I think this is the first time that we saw like the diverging paths, depending on if you went with each Docker or Alejandro or your own way, right? Where you get cultists or tablets or elder things. And it's kind of like your your way that you choose how that works. And in that regard, I liked it a lot. I liked how like moving it branching out into like who you trust and if you just trust yourself makes the narrative like push forward mechanically as well i like that translation and i mean we've seen that almost ever since right like in some form and i think that they do it better later but that is to say it's kind of fine here that's not one of the complaints that i would have for the forgotten age i feel like it's
2: not as strong in other campaigns like this one it's like oh the chaos egg really reflects how strong your loyalties are to uh, Alejandro or Ichetaka in that you get, like, the other team's spooky token in the
0: bag. I uh, I think maybe maybe what Ben is kind of getting at a little bit is this is the one campaign where you can clearly explain in one sentence how the chaos bag changes work, <laughs> and it just makes sense. <laughs> and there's not... Because right. like, in, in Garcosa, it's very weird because it's only based on kind of the most recent decision that you made, but then sometimes mm. random weird things happen. Um... And this is the one where it's like oh every time you side with Alejandro you get an Alejandro point which is a whatever token it is and every time you side with Ichitaka, it's this token and you can look in the bag and basically see the record of which decisions you've made.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean cuz in like Dream Eaters, it gets manipulated by like the other team making a
0: decision sort of, right? That's how the squids get moved around. I think Innsmouth is yeah. actually the coolest way that it works, but I don't really understand it at all. And I don't really care enough to figure it out. <laughs> so. well, it's, yeah. It's based on like what memories you find or whatnot. And it like represents yeah, yeah.
2: how close you are to the conspiracy or something, but it is still kind of a little obtuse and a little confusing with the swapping about between timelines and stuff. But I know I, 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 I think back, I, yeah, Dan's right is why I like it's because I can explain it in one sentence and it makes perfect sense. Uh, the other ones, it's like, well, you do this and then this, and this, this, this. So, I like it, but uh, you know, talking about Alejandro and Chaka, um, does anybody ever pick Alejandro in their first playthrough? (laughs) Or is it always it's Chaka
1: all the way? This is a legitimate (laughs) question, by the way. We we really want to know. We want to gather statistics. Not really. We just want to know if literally any human being on Earth has ever chosen Alejandro the first time that they play this.
0: He just gives off way too much of a like. You know, Alfred Molina in his 20s in the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark vibes <laughs> to me. Like he just seems like a dude that's gonna stab you in the back, and he's you not a dude that you me. want to trust. You don't want to go no. in the jungle with that dude, you know? No. Like it's like you just don't 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 do it. I yeah. You know, I, wanna, I think I've played taught this
2: uh, blind with or played this blind with like four or five groups. I think almost I think all of them we eventually sided fully with Hachaka if we could. I think one group maybe picked Alejandro in the first the first scenario and then quickly quickly switched to Chaka as much as possible. So I don't know. Yeah, I agree. It, he does seem like a he comes off as a villain too much. I mean, Chaka is not like friendly at the beginning, but it just seems
0: like yeah. I think that we kind of very yeah, well, friendly at the beginning. <laughs> I think that we we kind of have a. It's easy for us to accept her being pissed at us because we're in her territory, kind of. Yeah, yeah. So it, it it's like okay, well, she's fighting us; like she doesn't know that we're not jerks. Uh, you know, whatever. It's it's reasonable. Um, also, I forget what Alejandro as an ally even does. I doubt he's that is that amazing. Uh, he but as you... an ally is fantastic. Like my my favorite, I think my favorite character to play in Forgotten Age is just Mark because you can fight or evade snakes pretty well. And with her, she kind of gives Mark enough of like a uh, an agility boost that he's better at evading. Plus she gives strength, plus she soaks a bunch of damage in horror, which is great. Plus she has that thing where when you either evade something with vengeance or defeat something with victory, you get to heal horror from her. Which, that you definitely end up getting a lot of use out of that in my experience yeah. in Forgotten Age. So I yeah, I, I love to play Mark and get her in my deck. For sure. For sure.
2: Yeah, she is the stronger ally. Alejandro gives you like a plus two when you investigate like an ancient location or something so it's a lot more specific yeah. um but he is cheaper <laughs> to play or not yeah, yeah and
1: Cap- captain yeah, parties and chat here also consistently bringing the reminder that mr vela never even finished his degree is that like is that what a huge, kind of academic is like is that canon
2: is that why his expedition gets is paid in like three pieces of chalk and yeah. supplies
0: you better I, think I think i missed that his, his expedition is like funded. Like,
1: yeah i feel like all the important historians like went to some conference at the time that the forgotten age took place and then they were like who can we put with you all i don't know grab that vela dude and then they and then they sent him with us and they're like well how much can we fund I mean, his, his, I his subtitle
0: says renowned historian, but he could be like renowned for being bad. Like everyone, he's a jerk and he doesn't, he's a bad historian, you know? You know what title know. I'm going to
1: put under me? Renowned man, because I can at any uh, point in time. I guess no one would, I don't know who would stop
2: you. Somebody, it feels like somebody <laughs> should, but I don't know. And, and well, who uh, would he stop Mr. Uh, like, like, when I'll you play. put uh. renowned? Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So there's a couple scenarios that are kind of rough. So my question here is, are Untamed Wilds, Boundary Beyond, and Heart of the Elders really that bad?
0: Yes, Um, kind of, (laughs) and basically yes, (laughs) is is what I
1: would say. So for me, honestly, I don't don't really mind the Untamed Wilds until I'm there. And then I'm like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) But Boundary Beyond is just like, a nightmare scape of horrible garbage that i have to deal with and Heart of the elders is just kind of flat for me it's like
2: nah, okay. i i don't untamed wilds i think is fine i think return two that makes the explore mechanic uh feel less punishing at the beginning but like a lot tougher at the end makes it uh pretty uh, solid i think it's solid um uh, i don't hate it heart of elders i hate playing part a every time and hate it even more if i have to repeat it and i think return to just gives you the option to not repeat it that was the change <laughs> to the scenario uh, uh but boundary beyond i kind of think i like it um it's definitely more brutal than some it's not like as good as like some of the other push your luck scenarios but i think it's like challenging enough um and you just have to make sure you never ever put a location back into the deck when you get that one card that says <laughs> let's put a doom in or trash location okay
0: Boundary right. for me is like is I I think it doesn't I think it needed a little more time in the playtesting oven. I think it's not balanced as well as it could be and the rules are overcomplicated, but I like the idea of it. I like what they were going for. Same. And I and I like I I don't completely hate playing it. Heart of the Elders just takes a really long time and it's kind of boring. And there's I mean, whatever, like, I, I, yeah. it's not one of my favorites, but I, I don't absolutely hate it. Uh, Untamed Wilds is my least favorite scenario in the game. It's just there's it has no redeeming qualities. And it, it's just it's <laughs> just, just not fun.
1: A yeah. lot of trauma. I should say ben, ben, of the, is,
0: ben is right that when they fixed Explore and Return 2, it made it a little bit less bad, but it's still the worst scenario.
1: I mean, for Heart of the L's, it's
0: Heart of the L's part A that I hate. Heart of the part B is like yeah. fine. It's like whatever. I was going to say
1: that. When they just got the caves, it's kind of fine.
0: Part A is part A, you're just hanging around in the jungle with the weird snake thing dealing with the pillars. and then Yeah, part yeah, B... yeah.
1: The big flying snake thing.
0: Oh, so yeah, I don't mind that. I think the giant snake is cool. And the pillar, I don't know. It's, it's
1: I got it's to fine. skip it once or twice. So I was very happy
2: about that. You it just, it, it definitely that means you've completed Boundary Beyond with six, all six
0: pillars, Dane. How, how can you? I did. <laughs> it, Captain Farnese and chat can, can confirm. It it feels non-essential to me. Like, it definitely feels like it, it, you know, some, obviously this was, they had to have exactly eight scenarios in each campaign, right? This one feels to me where it's like, well, we need an eighth scenario. And it's sort of like, well, we could have one that's about finding your way into the cave. Yeah, like, yes. yeah, I I know, but <laughs> they they need like eight packs, right? I mean,
1: Th- that... there's
0: also I I feel like they tried to do this thing where like oh, there's the the dual sided card where it's both the entrance to the cave or like the, if you're it's like a two way entrance and you you're outside the cave and then you go in the cave and I think that just doesn't really come across.
2: I think uh, MJ liked to experiment with you know push the uh, boundaries of the format as much as she could, so I think there's like, oh, what if we two scenarios into one pack or something i think with the new oh, yeah. the new campaign format is gonna mean that we don't really worry about that happening again because they're not it they won't be confined to this, whatever they want the cycle format yeah yeah uh, guys, i actually really remembered bad. i actually do hate boundary beyond because the <laughs> yes. connections change the connections change when you flip up to yes. the location oh yeah that was <laughs> so yes, bad they do. and that, it yeah. t- <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: makes and me very
2: it's...
0: upset because i always forget it was always like halfway through the scenario i was like oh crap the, the these weren't connected i mean the whole it, time. Um, it's a really it's like it's kind of a cool mechanic when you think about it but when you actually yeah. play it it just makes you so angry i mean it's <laughs> yeah, really cool it's that's it's un- like like in the
2: past, it's like, oh you know, I've been connected by like one big path and like a circle, or whatever, but in the in the present, you know, now it's a city. So there's like streets and stuff, so it's connected differently. That's cool. Yeah. But playing it I always just forget. Um so like whenever there's a scenario that has some key aspect that I always forget every time,
1: uh, which is the scenario's fault and not mine, I hate it. So it also has window to another time in <laughs> it, which which is one of the worst things to deal with. Because every single time that scenario goes draw a window draw a window to another time three times great we all have boards for it awesome we're doing great and then it immediately after every single agenda like flips shuffles the discard pile back into the encounter deck (laughs) and so you just get bombarded with 12 windows to another time and it's just it 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 also it also just has that weird
0: structure to it where you finish what you think is the end of the scenario that really feels like the end and then it's like oh but there's one more agenda and you have to deal with this random uh, pad pad padma person padma amidella it's like, look, man. I just went through a lot just to get this far. Can this just? Can we just be done? That's <laughs> usually how I feel yeah,
1: I getting to that part. Also, uh, can, I, didn't, can, can, I didn't want a name that made me remember the first Star Trek or the first Star Wars. I don't. I don't want that.
0: You mean? Do you mean like the fifth least bad Star Wars movie? I mean, <laughs> that I, is true. There are a lot of bad ones. <laughs> I I have a soft spot for episode one. It's a good, it's a fun, it's a fun movie. Sure. Um, if you're a fan of midichlorians, sure. But, but, but I think that the, my my short answer to this question is basically yes. But, I mean, just just to get this out of the way now, I mean, for we're, we're going to, we kind of like complain about aspects of this campaign, but, I mean, I would much rather have them try things that end up not working, which I think is what a lot of the stuff in this campaign was like, than... Never try anything and just keep doing the same thing over and over again. You know, it's so you get good the, point, yeah. like all these, all these scenarios that we've just been complaining about, except on Tim Wilds, which has no redeeming qualities. <laughs> they, you know, they, they tried to do something interesting and they had some cool ideas. So that's yeah, that's I admirable.
1: Agree. I agree. I also like all the cave stuff for what it's worth. I like when you're in the spooky cave at the end of uh, Heart of the Elders, and and the treacheries are interesting. They're they're at least thematic. And they, they do well to portray that you are in a dark, dank cave. With speaking, of, uh, speaking of caves,
0: it uh, looks like <laughs> we've got a question here about yeah. Depths of Yeah, so how low can
2: you do uh, Depths of Yoth? Why does it stand out as like, one of the few,
0: if not the only, uh, campaign scenario that works as a standalone? See, is that even true? Because I think Threads of Fate is a pretty good standalone scenario. Or, I mean, we don't actually play these have as standalones, but have I think you it ever could played be. it as a standalone? Though I have not played any of these as a standalone. Because why would I do that? But it, like, if you are going <laughs> done, to, and also uh, off. City City of Archives, I think also is probably one that you could do as a standalone
1: pretty well. That's that's the one that I would say, mostly because it it's, it's it feels more injected into the the Forgotten Age cycle just because of the it, it was kind of like it had to do with the source material. And maybe other reasons because, well, we need to stick Yithians in there somewhere. Let's put it in here. You know, like, it feels like it could have definitely been, like, a very much standalone scenario where you just get abducted by Yithians. And now you're a Yithian. And that would be cool. I would love to play that in in multiple different ways, you know, like, in a different scenario. I think think in some ways I would almost rather
0: play City of Archives as a standalone than as part of the campaign.
1: I agree. Yeah.
2: I, yeah, when I say standalone I don't mean like inject it into another campaign like a side story. I just mean like uh right. you know, put it down, set it up and play it. Um so I could so I don't know. I I, I guess I mean the reason is for me was because it had like a built in extra challenge, which the other scenarios don't really do. And it's not like there's like story awards or victory. Like a lot of the fun that we have, I think, when we play is like, oh, we gotta try to Get all the victory from this, so we get more experience. But when you play a standalone, it's like, eh, that's not really a a challenge you have anymore. So it has to stand on its own as like a a fun challenge. So
0: I like that. I think has that... that mode. That is why people like it, because it has the special rules and it has kind of like a challenge you can try to do, um, which is you know which is neat. But I would I would rather do like Wages of Sin as a standalone and try to get all of the dudes, because that's like about as hard as. I mean, I guess you know, with Depths of Yath, in theory, you can just keep going forever. But in practice, it's like whatever. Soon the skull's like a minus twelve, and then it's well, we've been doing this for four and a half hours, and uh, it's time 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 to quit. Time to die. Hold hold hands and jump into the volcano. You know.
1: Wow. <laughs> as you do. Yep. I remember the first time playing through Depths of Yoth and being like, "Wow, that was really good." Just being pleasantly surprised at at it after the, well, lot, we, the most. Of, the most I, I believe our first
0: time playing through it was uh, Arkham Knights twenty eighteen, and it that's was right. I believe this is the scenario that we were frantically trying to finish before the FFG game center uh, shut down for the night. I think yes, so. That was that's that's that correct. was a fun. Fun it, led, it led it to a
2: critical campaign log error that messed up our blindly playthrough later
0: <laughs> and you still at. remember it more than two years later
2: yeah i do it's a it's a huge
0: <laughs> blotch on my uh record of rules management and managing the campaign log so <laughs> I, am, uh, I i we were talking recently that the f f g game center was sold to like a different operating company. And uh, this has caused us some amount of uh, distress because we're not sure whether there will ever be more Arkham Knights and whatnot. Uh, I hope I hope there is. We've had some good times at the Game Center. It got, got
2: sold back to like the person that originally opened it as a Game Center who like went off and like did their own company so it's still like someone that was like originally at ffg I, I don't know it seemed they definitely spun it in the news article it's like yeah we're still gonna do events there but we'll you know we'll see
1: <laughs> i just as
0: long as they still have surly on tap uh and, and as long as there's still arkham knights there i'll be i'll be a very happy guy maybe they'll even bring back the pizza that ben used to like that they stopped having did they stop having they did right? I, thought, I thought i thought you complained about that i thought they yeah, stopped making I, th- pizza. I think they were
2: just out of it because i wouldn't got food late but we found oh, that okay. other pizza place nearby that had like a really good calzone. So, yeah.
1: what what yeah. was the the beer that they had there? I forget what it's called.
0: Surly Surly Furious. Yeah, that's great. great. Yeah. but yeah, good stuff.
2: All right. So here's an important question. After all these years, is chalk still edible? <laughs>
0: it, return it to it is supplies any better. <laughs> things things don't become more or less edible most of the time. I mean, I, like individual units know of the
1: substance. <laughs> no, no, I mean like units of we, a substance. May like we like, bought,
0: we
2: got this chalk two years ago. Is what I'm picturing in my mind. Can we still eat it? Like the chalk I have in this box I, here. I,
0: I don't think it has. That's from New Hampshire. Right? I think it's, it's New Hampshire. I think brand. it's exactly oh, as man. edible as it was two years ago. That's my mm. take on it. Which is extremely.
2: But uh, the supplies mechanic in general, I think uh, we all kind of hated it.
0: <laughs> the very,
2: very much. What do you think about Return Two? Is it uh, making any better? No.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, so. The other thing that I really think that is improved in the Forgotten or the the Return Two is the What is the town one? I'm completely blanking. Threads of Fate yes the resolution in threads of fate where it allows you to take you get even more experience to spend on stuff i like that more
0: uh Uh, well let's put that thought on hold you're gonna have i think an unpleasant realization when we (laughs) (laughs) i think there's a isn't there a topic coming up like how does uh how does the return to make it worse yeah and that... I think Ben and I have something we'd like to bring up when we get to that slide. <laughs> I mean that's uh I think that's the next question but yeah. Well, <laughs> um let's so let, let's put a pin in that for now. I think they for... tried to make supplies a little bit more of a thing. They added more they in some of the scenarios they added like locations that deal with the compass or the torch or something. Did, and did they make any other changes? They yeah, they they made
2: them have more uses but it's also like a little more randomized i think uh, oh yeah. yeah one of the critical things was on the scenarios that have like an ability on the entry entryway that let you like manipulate the encounter or manipulate the explore mm-hmm. deck they made it so you can do that like from anywhere instead of just the entryway that you're only at like the first turn so like it's that makes cool. like the map and the compass a lot better um and then yeah they added more random locations that like can have a use for them but that makes it a little less consistent yeah return to also adds like some ones you can pick up oh, along yeah. the way yeah, the, the,
1: the like goo.
0: random the weird and ones the mysterious
1: yeah. sceptre
0: i was very those, mad
1: that's the stuff i like to pick up in the jungle <laughs> those, <laughs> those those are cool. canteen.
0: yeah and i would uh i would agree with what comrade uh sim is saying in chat which is you still feel worse about not having something than cool when you don't have it and I would add to that, it's still the problem that you don't feel like you're making intelligent decisions about like, oh, I'm gonna bring rope because I'm gonna need it for this. You yeah. if you've already played the campaign a million times and you've memorized what they're all used for, you can kind of do that. But uh, there's even still there's usually just a correct answer. It's usually you want to avoid trauma unless you're Calvin. And
1: yeah. yeah. I think one one thing that um I was talking with somebody else who makes content uh, custom content, and they were saying like it'd be neat if they did. Uh, items based off of like your investigator subtypes you know how you have like drifter and like police or whatever you have all those different subtypes it'd be interesting if if there was like double the list of stuff that you can have but certain subclasses of investigators could take certain things with um, them so your composition for the forgotten age would actually matter right like so like you could be like okay well, we're bringing daisy because she can take you know these specific things she can take like the map because that's only what you can get at miscatonic university or whatever uh because sure, her subtitle is miscatonic i believe so yeah that something like that would have been more interesting and more i guess uh in flavor in theme for the actual forgotten age but they do feel very much like what you guys were all saying
2: yeah. In return to uh I guess in return to they the supplies feel less important just cuz the third scenario you basically get all supplies that are remaining <laughs> at the end of it. Yeah. Um oh. which kind of makes it like oh I don't care. But I do like I like the supplies you pick up along the way. Um that they added in return to like that feels more interesting and I think we actually kind of see more of that in um we kind of see that in Innsmith, right? Where you have like items you pick up and you can get them later as like cards so yeah yeah i I like that in forgotten age here i was very mad i think my first playthrough we like we pick up picked up like the sticky goop or something but then we didn't pick up like the other half of it so i didn't get to see what it did
0: um
1: you said some sticky goop
2: yeah, so we just had some sticky I, goop.
0: I, um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I think to answer the question, I would say no, it does not improve the supplies mechanic. But I really appreciate that they did add additional chalk flavors. There's now kind of like a like a mixed berry one, and kind of like a tart citrusy chalk, and and one that I think is kind of like nougat. It's hard to tell. I think it's kind of like a nougat marshmallow flavor. So that's they didn't have to do that, but if you're going to be eating chalk, it's nice that they give you some options. So I do that's pretty cool. yeah yeah so um
2: so talking about return to Friday and age uh what ways do you guys think it improves the
0: campaign or makes it worse so because we kind of mentioned it yeah yeah, previously ben do you want to do you want to drop some uh, very unfortunate surprise knowledge on dane about this has dane not played return to i I think he might have just not read the the directions too (laughs) carefully
2: yeah in the uh in Threads of Fate, they change it so instead of getting mm-hmm. an experience for the uh, second, each third act you complete, or each second and third act uh, that you can spend however you want, they change it so you can only spend it on supplies. And you have to convert it into supply points. So instead of getting like 11 or 12 experience, you get like six, and then you just uh, have a bunch of points that you use to
0: buy the rest of the supplies. <laughs> You get more experience in Threads of Fate, but most of it is useless experience. <laughs> yeah, and you, you get you I get, get less useful
1: experience. More.
0: I mean, yeah, do you... you also
1: get to use it to heal trauma. You also get to yeah. use it to no, yeah, you get to buy supplies. things, heal trauma, and like, I feel like I remember when I went back into, or at least when I went into Return to Forgotten Age, I had more supplies than I did in regular forgotten age vanilla forgotten yeah. age i mean and you... that felt good i felt i felt better knowing that i only like missed out on one or two things
0: see like the um, the reason that i usually yeah. want to get experience is to spend it on cards to get good cards to put in my deck but you you just like spending experience even if it's on like rope and torches or whatever <laughs> yeah. well, you actually can't you can't use on okay. torches but um the oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, it helps the XP curve a little bit, because you do get a lot of XP in Forgotten Age, so it slows it down a little bit, but it just feels bad to be like, oh, you got this experience, but it's only on the supplies, and then you, if you did well in the scenario, you get all the supplies, and there's like no decision,
0: so... I would honestly feel better if they had just reduced the amount of experience you get than if they're like, ah, you, you get these fun, fun bucks, these Chuck E. Cheese tokens that you can only spend <laughs> in a crappy Chuck E. Cheese that doesn't have anything cool behind the counter, you Jesus. know? Like, like, no, you know what? Don't, don't give me this like, these Krugerans or whatever that I can't spend on anything good. Like, just, just don't give me anything. It's fine. Yeah,
1: I, I think that, for me, was a, a pro. Eh, okay i, thought, I, I was control. kind of neutral for supplies
2: wise something that i think we was a big improvement was how they changed the explore mechanic um in yeah. a lot of the scenarios where instead of it starting with a bunch of treacheries in it and locations it starts with nothing and then like as you successfully explore you shuffle a, a treachery into the deck or a random card from the top so it could be an enemy too which uh, makes far that, more sense right it, that it feels a lot better um, it does make it like so. It's like the back half is harder than the front half, but that feels better because you're usually a little bit more set up. So
0: yeah, well, and it makes sense too because there would be some places you would find that would be like the close locations that are like easy to find, and then you would have to. It would be more difficult to find the ones that are further away or that mm-hmm. are hidden. Exactly. Um, it it is kind of annoying because it's another thing you have to remember that after you're done drawing cards until you find one. After you're done with that, you have to remember to shuffle one in, and in my experience, mm-hmm. we forget a lot. Yeah, but a it's it's definitely better. It solves one of the main problems with Explore, which is in something like Untamed Wilds, for instance. You start with just one location, and you have to Explore pretty quickly because you're going to draw cards like Poisonous Spores or whatever that mean you have mm-hmm. to move around. But the like half the Explore deck at the beginning is just horrible treachery, so you end up having to like, burn yeah. actions to just deal with encounter cards and it feels really bad. Um, yeah. Another side effect of this, because you're shuffling in a, a random card from the encounter deck is you can actually get enemies in the Explorer deck which you couldn't get in the original version of Forgotten mm. Age I think, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I like that. I like it's like, oh, I went looking for the Fountain of Youth, found a big snake, had to fight it. I mean it's, it's <laughs> yeah. just, it feels weird that they didn't kind of start with that as a possibility, but I, I like having that as as a mechanic to have enemies in the Explorer I deck. Agree, yeah.
2: They always have the benefit of hindsight when they do the return to, so they're like, oh my, yeah, how can we improve yeah. this? It didn't work out as we want, so
1: yeah, I like that ties, they took the opportunity like, to do it. For me, thematically, it's more like as you get further into the scary jungle, it gets more scary. Yeah, so yeah, I
0: like that. And, and it. it, it it just it felt bad feeling like i have to just burn actions to deal with encounter cards right and now it feels more like by the time you have to do that it's near the end of the campaign and you well okay i'm the one who put those encounter cards in there and also it's like well i'm I'm looking for the final temple or whatever so it's like it's supposed to be difficult it makes sense that it would be harder
2: yeah and it also it makes the end of the scenarios maybe even a little more tense because like or it makes more of a decision, I guess, because like near the end, like maybe you found the final location, but you haven't found all those victory locations yet. So <laughs> do you do you take the extra turns or is drawing counter cards to try to find those to get more victory? So that can be uh, an interesting decision. Um or you Are could there,
0: like... for for other ways that uh return to improve the campaign, Ben already mentioned that you no longer have to redo the first part of Heart of the Elders, which is a yeah. big deal for him. Other than that, I can't think of anything else very specific, but they just, typical to most of the Return Twos. they just added a bunch of cool new encounter cards that make the deck Mm -hmm. feel a little bit more different each time you play. So it's, you know, you're not just trying the same encounter cards as much.
2: Yeah, same with locations, they added more random locations. locations.
0: Yeah, Yeah, which is especially good because there was that one jungle encounter set or jungle location set that was used multiple times and it can get a little bit old. It's used in in
2: Untimed Wilds and uh, Heart of the Elders. (laughs) Maybe that's why. I I think those are the ones that use the jungle sets. Maybe there's one more. Uh, I thought one more used it. Maybe not because there, the there's the jungle set, there's also the cave set that's used in Heart of the Elders and
0: uh, Doom,
1: Yeah, Doom they the have, like, accessories. And yeah maybe of maybe
2: that's okay.
0: what I was thinking of.
2: Yeah. So it's it, it's not as bad as Insmith was where it used title tunnels five times or six times. <laughs> so Yeah, I I think unlike in other Return Twos, the added encounter cards weren't necessarily like a strict, uh harder version of of the old ones. I feel like it was just kind of different. Um, and it was like presented challenges in a different way, um, which I think is good for a return to design. i kind of hope we see that in, uh, the circle and then, which is coming out soonish or is out
0: in some places, who knows, um, <laughs> FFG's distribution model. I'm, I'm still waiting on into the maelstrom, so I don't even know. Um, you went into the maelstrom still? Yep. Your local store well, didn't look, get to buy Dow? it by th- now? So, what happened is, I mean, I live in California, right? The wagon train that was delivering it to the West Coast was, I mean, it made it as far as Colorado, I think, because Dane got it, but somewhere in the, the hills of, uh, you know, Utah, they were attacked by, a, a, you know, a bandits or something. So, <laughs> one day, one day, one day we'll get our hands on it. That'll be exciting. Uh, I mean, mine took like three weeks to get to me because
2: I moved and. Team Covenant refused to like change the address after my delivery address after it was delayed for two months, so I had to. It's a whole thing, but I have an actual good local game store now, so that's great. At least <laughs> don't team Covenant anymore. But um, yeah, anything else on how you how we think Return to improved or didn't improve it? All right. Um, so here's my next question: uh, the Harbinger, Harbinger, harbiner I don't I don't know how to Harbinger. say it harbinger I yeah it was harbinger harbinger that seems right
1: those sounds <laughs> that sounds correct it based on the letters <laughs> come right in chat definitely not gonna like it but we can call it harbinger <laughs>
2: um so is is it better design than you it itself does it feel like a a better threat throughout the campaign or just like a more interesting thing so like because it uh it has like the effect where like you fight it a couple times or you beat it a couple times and it poofs away and it comes back later like it's just like a big giant snake that you maybe don't even fight.
0: <laughs> yeah. I never... I don't know. I, I never really liked the Harbinger that much. Like, I guess it's... it's fine. It's just... it's always just annoying, because you have to... uh If you have somebody in your group that can evade, they kind of just evade tank it, and it's okay. Otherwise, it's sort of... I don't know.
1: I, I, I like, it like as... that it remembers damage. And I like that... <sighs> hypothetically, I like when it keeps coming back and that's a cool thing, but I also really just hate it when it's like in execution because it means that I have to like, oh, look, search your collection, which means I have to stand up, walk over to my drawer that has the Forgotten Age stuff in it, go oh, find the Harbinger, That's just poor make sure that I don't <laughs> like, You it's know just, it's coming it's, That is annoying but also the fact that it's just this massive snake that just serves generally to make things worse and not really having, like, a a different personality. I think that the Forgotten Age, the Return to, changed it a little bit, and I like it more, and that it made it a little more dynamic where if there's a certain threshold of damage on it, that it shifts to being good at evading to being bad at evading and good at fighting you. So, like, that dynamic seems to make a little more sense and makes, like, an interesting incentive to put damage on it rather than just killing it. But... I don't know. Yeah, it's all right. That that
0: does help because the original version of it always feels like it has so much health and you never really feel good putting damage on it because you're using up bullets or whatever and it's like we're probably never gonna kill it because there's always other stuff to fight. You never have time to just wail on it and load it up with damage usually. Yeah. Um like you're 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 kind of incentivized to evade it as much as possible so I, I i almost wish it was just like invulnerable to damage and it would just feel cooler to yeah evade. there's
1: something like that or like yeah. conrad in chat was saying yeah they prefer it evolves over scenarios that'd be pretty cool right like actually being able to kill it but if you kill it it comes back worse or something like that as a different card or, or something like it, it gets like bonus stats or however you want to do it like there's a lot of uh there's a lot of ways I, that you can make it a little more different. I mean, it,
0: it is a snake, right? I would like it if it just got longer in each scenario, like Noby Noby <laughs> Boy. So it's just... Uh, put more
1: cards. Like it, it, more it, cards it, doubles, it doubles
0: in length, each scenario. Yeah, you have to attach... They give you cards with the front and end, and you, there's like little sections, and each new pack that you buy gives you more like snake sections to put in the <laughs> middle, and by the end of it, it's like 15 cards long. That would be by fun. The,
1: by the end of it, it's the, the Essex County Express, but snake yeah ex- exactly that would be Which great. would have been fantastic
2: by the way <laughs> yep
1: <laughs> oh jeez.
2: yeah I, I i guess i have a more positive spin on it than you guys i kind of like it i think it might be because uh every time it comes out i grab a box of dice and shake it around to rattle ideally in somebody's ear or if i'm somehow uh playing virtually with a some type of tabletop with our cameras obviously <laughs> uh i can shake it really loud in the microphone and
1: that makes everyone mad at me it's
2: not a good thing. uh, I I just remember being in,
1: like... (laughs) I remember being in Threads of Fate, and I'm like, oh, thank God. We're not in the wilds being murdered by snakes anymore. This is going to be great. And then, like, all of a sudden, one of the paths that you can take in Return to, it's like you hear a familiar hiss, and you're like, no, no, no! (laughs) And then it comes and finds you. I don't know.
2: I I like it as, like, a persistent enemy that follows you around. I, I like it better than Yig. I mean, Yig has a presence throughout the campaign where he's like, you have some encounter cards that are like, oh, the father of Serpents is mad at you, or, you know, it's his fury, or his venom, or whatever,
1: but the actual boss itself is like... Big snake. I I feel like,
0: I'm sensing that Ben has some residual disdain for Yig from, like, Eldritch Horror and Arkham Horror, because Yig was one of the, like, um, in, in Arkham Horror 2nd Edition, Yig was one of the kind of weakest... Old ones, and low, it's, one of the one, it's, elder gun. it's one of the ones that well, well, weakest in the sense that like Cthulhu, you know, you're supposed to try to win the game before he wakes up because if he wakes up, you're probably not gonna be able to beat him. Yig is like right. it's very hard to finish before he wakes up, but then you're supposed to just kill him if he wakes up, and that always felt kind of dumb. And I, I i wonder if some of that residual, like nobody really likes Yig, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I guess I don't like the ancient ones that you just like kind of shoot a bunch and
2: then they die. It's like not very. Yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's just like a big giant monster. I, it's not really why I play Arkham Horror. I guess I want the like, cool big, ones we like are like.
0: <laughs> I mean the 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 cool ones that we really like are like Cthulhu because it's like the classic like icon of the whole thing, and like um you know Nerelephath because he has all this say, creepy coolness Narelli. to him.
1: Well, Yig yeah. is just like okay, whatever. No, nobody cares. It it feels like so like I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it back to Magic for a sec. Dan, yeah. there are like strategies where you have like tokens, just like one one tokens. Mm-hmm. And then you drop your like five drop guy who's like,
0: he gets all your soldiers plus one, turn. plus
1: one. And it's like, eh, it's really boring. It just doesn't do any, it's just fat and it, and it makes other things fatter. You know, it's yeah. like, it doesn't do anything else interesting or dynamic or, you know, it doesn't poop out little snakes every turn or something like that. It's just, it's just makes other snakes bigger and it's big itself. And it's like, yeah, okay anyway that's
0: that's why we don't like yig
1: (laughs) all right
2: um so let's (laughs) move on so i next question Uh, has anyone read the source material this campaign's based off of it's like uh the mound and the shadow of time or two of them there might be one more i forgot but uh if you have read it do you think the campaign uses it well i was gonna read these before we started recording but i
1: failed um (laughs) did did either of you succeed I read yeah. The Shadow Out of Time a very long time ago.
0: Yeah, same. I think I read um, that a, a long time ago. I've never read The Mound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's fine. Yeah, because Shadow of Time is just the
2: City of Archives based on it, right? Or is there other stuff that yeah. pulls from it?
0: Yeah. And yeah. I think the mound is probably more related to most. The, is probably more closely related to the story. And yeah, I haven't read it. So I I listened to forty minutes of an audio
2: book on the mound, and it sounded like it is like in like a remote area, and there's like people digging underground to try to find stuff, and there's like weird people that are get mutilated, and there's a lot of name dropping of like all of the ancient ones in that first forty minutes. Yeg uh, was in there a couple times, so. I can't say much more than that because they didn't actually get to the adventure part. It was it was just the weird stuff is happening part. So <laughs>
1: um, that's usually the best part though. Once it yeah. once it becomes like full blown stuff, it's like Lovecraft just saying too many words, and you're like, yeah. just please stop. <laughs> when will this stop? <laughs> I like the spooky the spooky uh, looming fear type stuff more. I think, and that's yeah. a little bit more what what uh, beginning of shadow of time was.
2: All right. Well. Uh, so what player cards still stand out that came out in the Forgotten Age or returned to Forgotten Age? Um, Dane appears to have made a giant list in our doc. I really don't want to (laughs) do that whole list, Dane. I want to talk about really one card, and that's Lucky Cigarette Case.
1: Uh, That (laughs) is probably the single most impactful card to come out of the Forgotten Age, right? Like... Uh, like Links a great case like is incredible. No joke, I'm it, throwing it, down. it kind
0: of single-handedly <laughs> like, made rogues good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, it's a it's a very it's a very fun card. It's a card that is level zero and it takes up a slot that it it's kind of best in slot usually. So mm-hmm. you, you end up playing it in a lot of decks. It's good in almost every deck. The only decks that are bad at it are decks that are like not gonna pass by a lot very often. It's like kind of fun to sort of build around it and it's just really, really good, and it gives you more cards to do stuff with, it's really exactly what we want.
1: Yeah. In a slot that you want it in, right?
0: Yeah. And it's it's got cool art, even. uh, You know?
2: Yeah, you... It's cool because it's like you when you're doing tests, you like think about a little bit more, more than maybe just passing. You're like, oh, maybe I want to pass by two to get an extra card draw. So it makes the decisions yeah. a little bit different. Or sometimes you just like pass an easy test and uh, buy a lot and it gives you a free card,
0: which is great. It feels really. I uh, the the Dexter build that I was playing in one of our Innsmouth oh, runs, I had Relic Hunter and I had two of these out. And then I would commit like a level two guts to something, and I would draw four cards, and it felt pretty good. I gotta say, usually like I draw was...
1: four cards, get three clues, It's
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: upgraded uh, it... clairvoyance.
0: I I really cannot recommend highly enough that if you if you're putting this in your deck, and if you're allowed to put it in your deck, you probably should put it in your deck. You should probably eventually get a relic hunter, and you should try to have two of these out. Because why why wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah exactly.
2: I don't know it's other standard other standout cards uh, let me see where are stuff at the top one but they have there's a couple of fun weapons in this like uh flamethrower people like a lot as like a high powered guardian card um it's fun Yay. to just burn stuff you know that is the, that is the important lesson of arkham is always burn it when you can so <laughs> um but <That's>, even that <laughs> that's very true <laughs> but even the the neutral weapons they added uh were very strong time one brand was great mainly <laughs> because at the time survivors had like nothing but i still use i still pick it up eventually in survivor builds but there's also the bow, um, which made was like our first wasn't it the first agility weapon at the time, and is maybe yep. still. It the only new brown.
0: Is bow still it, yeah,
2: yeah. The, the only agility weapon?
0: Isn't Isn't there? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's it. I don't think there's another it's like sharpshooter. There? There, yeah, there's a.
2: Agility. Yeah, but there's no like straight up agility damage card. So that's Other still that. sees play. Um, a lot. Um, yeah, so I like cool. that. I don't know, any cards that you guys remember fondly um, or that you still use from Crown Age?
0: You know, looking back, there's uh, there's honestly, there's a, I feel like there's kind of a lot of duds among the cards from the cycle. There's some good ones. Lola Santiago's really good. Lola,
1: you, Yeah, I was going to say. You, you, you handle this one
0: and, and all in. So it was in Slip Away. It was basically a great cycle for Rogues and not yeah. quite as much for anybody else, yeah. I think. And also
1: Arcane Research being like the number one card that immediately goes in every single Mystic deck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Um,
0: miss miss of rila also is is kind of a sneaky fun and good card especially for this campaign
2: yeah i feel like the the newer version of the evade card from jacqueline is better um or it's different i don't know
0: Uh, i mean but miss lets you
1: move when you succeed that that ends up being good a lot yeah and it's just two to drop and it yeah. has five charges on it, I think, or something like just, some ridiculous amount of charges. It's definitely
2: solid. I just feel like they have added other options for mystics. Where, like, when it came out, it was like this sure. is the only evade option, and now I think there's other things like sword cane that provide you uh, different ways to evade if you need to. So that yeah, is true. Yeah, there's I,
0: there's also I mean, uh, take take heart is I mean yeah. I don't think I don't but, think it's that yeah, great, but it's definitely sees a lot of play. Heart, and
2: take heart is really great. Like it's it. a guaranteed. Uh, Elder Sign. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's
1: okay, red seal the Elder Sign is what it is. that's a, that's a good point.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, what was weird about this cycle is when I looked back on it, there were like no like really standout secret cards to me. Like when I, I made a little list. Yeah, it, and it, it's it was not, like
0: it's I a think, lot of it's it's a lot of whiffs. Honestly, I mean, Tooth of yeah. Wesley, I think is cool. It just I don't actually end up playing it that much. Um, yeah, yeah. There's uh, better options,
1: uh, I think. Also, zones, I would,
0: I I would also say yeah the, the ancient zones are cool they're just they don't really stand out as much as some of the other upgraded cards. I would also say a relatively weak crop of uh, investigators overall. I forgot who they yeah, are. Yeah, you had Leo, it's Larry,
2: uh, Larry uh, Ursula. Larry Ursula. Ursula no, not uh, me. No. Finn. No? Finn. Yeah, finn was, finn was uh, in it finn, though but finn's, yeah. finn's great yeah. finn's good that's, calvin that's <laughs> uh, yeah calvin Cal- calvin's amazing i don't know what you guys he, he's yeah, very very fun. good
0: yeah he's very
2: fun to play i don't know he's maybe not as good as other investigators, <laughs> but no. he's definitely who is fun
0: the, to play. who was who was the uh, mystic uh, oh uh yeah, <laughs> that was Father Mateo. Yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, is oh, it's, it's not uh, a great set of people, really.
1: Yes. Is this, uh, does
0: nobody in here have a five in anything? Uh,
1: I, don't I think so. Yeah, I, I think no, that's true. Think nobody so. has a five. Until until so. Calvin has five damage on him. He's got fives in everything. Yeah. That's what they were thinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's where the compensation is. He, he has all of the fives,
0: right? Calvin yeah. has all the fives, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah.
1: yeah
2: so uh all right we got we got some pretty bad weaknesses that came in forgot age and returned right <laughs> uh this is a point of contention in our friend group here uh doomed an offer you can't refuse uh definitive answer should you remove them from your weakness pool and not tell your good friend ben or do you take them on as a unique challenge both in play style and deck building uh as you take on the campaign What's what's the
0: challenge? <laughs> don't do extra scenarios. Don't draw cards. I know, uh, get, that's get, what Doom get, says. Get lucky. uh Don't use Mister <laughs> Rook. Like, just yeah, it sounds great. I love yeah, I love doing those things. I I think the challenge is like you know you're
2: gonna die, so you could play like more recklessly in the scenario where like I think our usual play style is like as extremely cautious. So like if you know no, you're I... gonna die like mid campaign, you maybe you play more aggressively to help the rest of your team out uh you're more willing to play cards
0: that maybe you suicide yourself to get more victory but but if you follow if you follow that idea to its logical conclusion and why wouldn't you you would just suicide immediately in the first scenario so you can make a good deck that doesn't have a debilitating weakness in it which was (laughs) which is what i would do yeah
1: (laughs) i agree i mean load me up with trauma and then murder me
0: i don't know I, i i do i mean Offer offer you can't refuse is still a very tricky weakness. We ranked this as pretty scary when we did the ranking recently, but that at least is one that is like you can play around it. It's not just a complete screw you, I think
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, I think uh, offer you can't refuse i would I would be okay with getting it. I would be very scared of it all the time, but I that's kind of like what your weakness is kind of supposed to do, right? You're supposed to like have a way to deal with it but also for it to be really impactful if it should hit and you're not on your A game. Whereas Doomed yeah. is just like, just takes you out back every single time and it's mm. just not worth it.
0: I, I also, I think the fact that, uh, the fact that Offer You Can't Refuse exists is even more justification to remove to Doom, to remove Doomed from the Weakness
1: Pool because <laughs> there you go. Offer You Can't Refuse is just like a fixed Doomed. Just, just treat Doomed as a second copy of Offer You Can't Refuse in your Weakness Pool. <sighs> read it it as
0: like a thing like across time and space where it's like a it's like a story weakness that you can choose to add if you're an rp weirdo or something but just don't put it in the weakness pool if
1: if you're absolutely insane yeah uh obviously
2: i will keep in the weakness pool uh i don't know if i've ever actually drawn doomed so maybe if i draw it (laughs) once that'll immediately change my tune but uh i did just notice looking at the doomed art like i never noticed before like the first part of it is like zoomed up on like a picture of a graveyard like you're having a vision the second one's like that same picture like in a mud puddle and then the third one is the picture sitting in front of the gravestone that you drew originally that's extremely cool yeah um, yeah, yeah it's like having premonitions or whatever yeah so i i never i and never realized that there was that transition between the three cards
1: offer you can't know. refuse is just like yeah it's just a small thing. text getting more intense
2: <laughs> yeah it's just getting more and more on fire and stuff but I, you uh, know what offer you can't you
1: refuse
0: offer you can't refuse feels like if you accidentally sign up for some kind of subscription thing that is oh, really yeah. hard to cancel yeah <laughs> <That's> a- <laughs> because it's you kind of just keep having to pay for it and you're really mad at eventually but uh,
1: <laughs> if you install like something and it has like that little box that's automatically checked that you forget to uncheck because you're just tired of reading the eula and then they just start sending you ads and things to your email that's exactly what that is
0: i signed up for uh i was walking down the street in amherst massachusetts several years ago and i was accosted by a young gentleman that was trying to get people to donate to doctors without borders and uh i he signed me up for like a monthly donation to them which i I thought i was doing like a one-time thing and uh (laughs) It's oh. still going on because you don't want to cancel it. Like, what, what are you, the jerk that doesn't want to help Doctors Without Borders? Like, you have to keep it going. But it's like, yeah. now it's just this random thing that happens every month. And it's like, okay, whatever. I guess until I die, this is what's happening.
1: <laughs> and that was the offer I couldn't refuse. Friends, please, please be sure to check up on Dan's <laughs> monthly subscription. To, and, uh, and donate to Doctors, to Doctors Without, Without Borders, Borders,
0: everybody. It's a great group of people. They do a lot of really good work i think i think their tactics for getting people to sign up for donations maybe could be worked on a little bit but they're you know they do i mean it <laughs> they sounds really, like good work it sounds like their
2: tactic worked perfectly dan <laughs> yeah I, I, mean, so, I mean from their point of view yeah it's working great <laughs> all right so uh, the last question i have prepared here is probably the most important one this is a campaign about snakes and time travel why are there no dinosaurs in it this. this is
0: really the question This have
1: been asking. This what's this is what set the tone for the the expansion for us because when we opened the box and we looked at it and we were like, S- what snakes? Where where's the T Rex?
0: Where's the gigantosaurus? It's just, it, it just so Ben, ask me right now, what would you do if you had a time machine? <laughs> what would you do if you had a time machine, Dan? Go back in time, ride a dinosaur, then get eaten by a dinosaur. That's just <laughs> that's That's the obvious answer like that's you know I didn't even have to think about it, right, like as soon as you bring up time travel and being in a jungle, your mind naturally goes to one place, and for some reason that's not where we ended up does yeah
1: or like I mean even just like big indigenous things, right, like like massive sloths and like massive mosquitoes and horrible things like that, like you can do cool stuff without it just like explicitly being uh dinosaurs and and they just stuck with literally just snakes maybe one plant and all the rest are snakes and it's like yeah I want other things because because when you're when you're playing classic Arkham Horror the
0: enemy bag is such a random there's a fire vampire, there's a D-hole, there's a Shogoth, there's a there's a town of Tyndalos which is basically made out of literal triangles. Like, it's a real, you feel like you're getting exposed to a lot of weird stuff. And in Forgotten yeah. Age, it's big snake, medium snake, angry snake, uh, snake that summons more snakes.
1: Snake with, snake S- with, snake with a snake bag of snakes. Snake poisonous snake. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's like, yeah. I'm so tired of snakes. I just want cool things.
0: Oh, man. Uh, uh, Comrade uh, Sim again, saving it for Hollow Earth Scenario. Yes, please. That is <laughs> what we, we need. Can we get some of that, please? Yeah, uh, it's also I think like the 20s was a big era that was when people were starting to discover a lot of the dinosaur stuff for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, you could have a scenario where you go to the New Mexico where they're digging up bones or whatever, and then you end up back in time riding a dinosaur. Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, you know,
0: let's let, let's do it. it has some potential just the we're wrong
2: right? sundial. We've already gone underground, though, so I'm worried they they can't say, "Oh, there's even more hollow, even even a hollower earth below below the Snake People's zone." But Do it, I don't care. Do that's it. Fine. Yeah. That's fine. I I guess I don't care about that as long as there's dinosaurs. <laughs> we want some dinosaurs. We can fight dinosaurs, ride dinosaurs. You know. Lose every bad resolution as you get eaten by uh, dinosaurs, right? Like, <laughs> can't pay it over.
0: Um, I would. Uh, come on, look, look. If there's one thing that FFG knows how to do, it's license popular properties and make games out of them, right? Jurassic Park LCG win. Come on, like just. <laughs> I, I'll, uh, I'll. How much? How much money do I need to kick to pledge to Patreon or Kickstarter this? Because I'll do it. <laughs> you know, maybe uh, maybe uh, MJ was like, I'm
2: gonna put some dinosaurs in here, and one of the higher ups was like, Nah. You can't. You gotta wait on that. They're working on a deal. It's it's been ten years. The they could It's gonna happen though. Maybe they, they,
0: <laughs> they. Yeah. Well, you know what? Other card game has dinosaurs. Magic. Magic has a bunch of dinosaurs now. They did one set with dinosaurs in a jungle did like four years ago. Around the same explore. time as Forgotten Age. Yeah. It was, there <laughs> it was it like was a weird oddity world. like
2: for like all the card games and board games were like, Oh, it's time to do jungles and dinosaurs.
0: <laughs> it, right? it wasn't even, it was like a famously bad magic set, but you know what? People still love the dinosaurs. Now they put dinosaurs in like every set. Cause they know that that's what the people want and they got to give the people what they want. <laughs> that's the kind of, that's what she needs to do.
1: Yeah. I agree. F- uh, full on a hundred percent.
0: So, um,
2: yeah, well, there's still hope for dinosaurs in the future. Maybe can only hope. Um, so that was all my pre-prepared questions. I have a couple small ones. Um, if you guys want to keep talking, unless you're snaked out,
0: I feel like be... this particular snake is already pretty long. There's already a lot of,
1: you know, <laughs> there's a <laughs> can... there's a lot of meals in it. There's a lot of mice <laughs> that it's eaten.
0: We can't.
2: We can but do yeah, we... I
1: did want to go back and and real quick confront a question that a, a comrade had in the chat here. Uh, he asked, or they asked, uh, what, what what is your favorite or least favorite interlude? I thought that was kind of an interesting question considering I like kind of mostly pay attention to interludes. And in this one specifically, the most impactful one for me was before Depths of Yath, when you're standing kind of like on the precipice of the depths with Ichitaka. And uh, her, like, eyes are glowing yellow, and you're like, no, not you too, Ichitaka. And if you have, like, a pocket knife, you can stab her or something like that. I don't remember. But it was it was an interesting, like, visual. Visually, like, that is one of the more uh, profound passages that struck Bad me. Bad news, Dane. That's uh, technically not an
2: interlude, so it's not an acceptable answer to the question. I'm sorry. That's just the intro text, which is very long for,
1: for Depths of Yaw. So Well, then throw me and the entire Forgotten Age uh, that I own out the window. <laughs> Because I don't want to play uh,
2: it anymore. The the first interlude's definitely the most impactful when you realize um what a critical mistake it was to not bring a blanket um or oh, binoculars, yeah. right? The first playthrough. Play uh and some play playthroughs it's not as bad, you know, it's like fine. But uh I don't know. Yeah, so probably the I first
0: one. I didn't realize there were interludes. I guess that's <laughs> one of the things where Ben talks for a long time. And I yeah. have to go read Twitter. I, I guess was, that's I guess sometimes <laughs> those are called interludes. Been, we didn't even bring up the secret scenario again. I think we won it
2: once. We played it by accident the first playthrough due to the catastrophic uh depth of the auth error I mentioned earlier. But I think we played it legit. I think Dan and I played like two player um return two whenever it came out, right? do not we
0: uh did, I don't we think the we did. hard...
2: didn't didn't we do
0: the secret scenario? I've definitely done it at least one other time the playthrough, but I I'm pretty sure I've done it once. I think I've only done return two once and it was not with yeah. you guys. Oh, I thought didn't we do Forgotten Age two player at some point? You and me.
2: Some maybe point, it, would have, it, it might would have been, would have been, might been the before time, time age, Maybe who knows? But Dan probably
1: erased it from his memory yeah. because <laughs> why wouldn't you? <laughs> what I I I will say
0: I'm I, I don't really want to play Forgotten Age again anytime soon. I like I, I just started <laughs> another playthrough of, of it. <laughs>
1: um, the first time that I played the Forgotten Age with Harrison. We uh we actually did get a, a very good resolution. We were Ursula and Mark, so of course, but like um we made it through to turn back time and we were able to dispatch the monster at the end with, with help of uh I mean, it's just it's just giant yig at the end. Obsidian right? blade thing. Yeah, it's it's just like it might as well have just been a single location like a, with him standing on like it. It's
2: like a gauntlet of snakes. You have to fight lots of snakes, you know. I like the theme of it a lot. It's definitely very cool to be like, oh, we realized we uh, messed up in that 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 early scenario we have to go back and undo our mistake that's like pretty classic time travel movie stuff right yeah so yeah i'm into the theme there i don't know if the actual
1: scenario is super strong but it's i think that's really cool... just it right that's like the whole of forgotten age like a lot of really cool conceptual things that were executed maybe not in the best way because <laughs> there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with time travel and giant snakes and there are a lot of things like for example dan talking about boundary beyond a lot of cool mechanics that could have happened in there that were just kind of a miss. yeah
0: I, I think that was my impression of turn back time too was very cool idea i always like the trope where the end of the time travel story is just going back to prevent the entire thing from happening because it was <laughs> yeah it turns out it was all a bad idea um yeah that that's really cool i think that they did about as well as they could do within the constraints of not actually being able to print cards for a night scenario and just having to reuse cards that were already printed yeah. for other reasons yeah. Give it, given that constraint, it's pretty pretty impressive that it works at all. It's not super fun. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I think my last thought on Free Iron Age is if you haven't haven't taken the time yet to like go back and like look at the art in like different locations, there's a lot of really cool art on locations. That's usually my takeaway in all the campaigns, is going back and like, oh, this is some dope this is some dope. Cool. Especially <laughs> dope especially uh
0: Boundary Beyond and Shattered Aeons.
1: Yeah, the
2: time travel ones are pretty cool.
1: So, yeah. Yeah, I like I like uh you like suck up all the different dimensions into the little the little uh your little item there that you get, right? You get to like go to Moo and then just like suck it up into the Yeah, you close the gates with Yeah, yeah. Allocated. I thought that was neat. A little vacuum, and you just suck up all the little dimensions. That was neat. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well with all of that, maybe maybe it's finally maybe we can finally forget this age
1: this That's is true. true at long last long, <laughs> thank long god long we never have again. to play f- yeah founder <laughs> beyond <laughs> ever again is that you never <laughs> have to-
0: i'm yeah. already doing it i'm already uh, the little progress bar is almost at the end
1: i mean everybody with with all that said what are your favorite moments in forgotten age any interesting snake-shaped dilemmas that you might have yeah, I mean, yeah, there were. Let let us know. Coming out with us on Discord. Reach out to us on Facebook, Reddit, or Instagram, or email us at comments at mur.fm. If you really love our show and you want to get more involved, join us on patreon.com slash Radio to get access to exclusive Destroy channels and other fun things. Or just leave us a nice review on your favorite podcasting network. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll catch you next time when we talk Bye, about everybody. probably not the Forgotten Age. <laughs>
0: Are you sure? Are you sure you guys don't want to do another episode talking about no. it? Okay. No, I think we <laughs> no, just no. close the book off. I dragged t- that until we turn to, to return, return to the Forgotten Age, then we're, we're well. if it, talk about it again. If, if you change your mind, just let me know.
2: Alright. <laughs> did did you do the calls to action, Dane? We gotta get those numbers up. You did, right? Great. Alright, bye. <laughs> bye everybody. <laughs> bye everybody.